Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Brian Qualls with the podcast uh, where we talk about low voltage lighting. Um, and I'd like to go ahead and just jump right into it and welcome back uh, Dr. Tom. Um, again, we're going to kind of talk a little bit more about systems today, a little less to overarching. Uh, but first, um, before we get into that, Tom, at, at the at the last podcast, uh, we didn't get deep into or at all about why they call you Dr. Tom. So I'd like to hear the story of, of how you got the nickname Dr. Tom. Well, real quickly, I um, came from an electrical background, distributor background, and I got to know Nate and Randy Weiser, who used to own Unique Lighting, and they kind of subcontracted me. They used me to go out and help in the field, help contractors that had problems. Uh, Unique was quite small at that time, and because I would go out and fix things, they just kind of gave me the handle of the doctor. They'd say, send the doctor. Doctor will fix it. And... Uh, so that's where I got the nickname Dr. Tom. Now when they got upset with me, I became Nurse Tom. So <laughs> I tried to avoid that as much as possible. Well, I can say, Tom, I've, you and I have worked together for uh, just over eight years. Um, and I can tell you that uh, you're always my, my first call when I'm uh, uh, in stuck or, or need some advice on something like that. So uh, mm-hmm. I've, I definitely call the doctor when, when I need the help. So I, I want to thank you for that. Thank you. Um, as we uh, kind of move forward, uh, one of the things that uh, we touched on a little bit on, on the last uh, podcast, but uh, today I really want to get deeper into is talking about the different types of uh, wire connections and, and the different types of, of wiring methods. I think uh, the one thing that, that I see out there, and, and I'm sure you do too, is is it's you know what we call a, a daisy chain where we're taking a home run wire straight out the transformer running it through the entire landscape and then just connecting light, lights to it. So let's start with with a daisy chain, uh, if you don't mind, and then kind of work out uh, from there. Okay. So the daisy chain really began, and it's still really used by, like, uh, the real low-budget do-it-yourselfer type projects where you buy a kit of lights, and in that kit they teach you to lay out 50 feet of wire and just splice in one, two, three, four, five, however many lights. And so we call that a daisy chain. The problem with that is you're going to get the most power to that very first light closest to the transformer. After that, you just pray that it will work. And the problem with teaching someone or showing someone that method is if you don't do calculations and you don't really know what you're doing exactly, people assume they can just run huge long strings and by the time they get to 20 25 lights on the string the last one typically won't even work but now i have to ask and and um you know what i hear over and over and over again it's led with voltage drop and with with the way leds regulate voltage that that doesn't matter anymore so um kind of kind of speak to that a little bit well, there's actually even manufacturers out there saying it's okay to go back to daisy chaining. The problem with that is watts are watts, amps are amps. So if I have 100 watts worth of LEDs or I have 100 watts worth of halogen, it's the same load. You're going to have voltage drop. There will be a difference. The only forgiveness that LEDs have is they have a tendency to be able to operate in a little bit wider spectrum, say from 8 to 18 volts. But I get phone calls all the time. People say, my LEDs are flickering or my LEDs won't turn on. Right away I know it's voltage drop. 
they probably don't have enough voltage. So one of the things that I've noticed, um, Tom, is when when we first came out, when all of us first came out with LEDs, we were unsure, you know, really their performance, right? And so we were still putting LEDs on, you know, 12 gauge wire and, and even 10 gauge wire. And so, you know, for the most part, it really didn't matter, right? Because we had so much you know, capacity on, on the wire that the four watt or five watt LEDs didn't really affect voltage drop all that much. Now that it's becoming kind of more the norm where LEDs are, are being outsold over halogen um, and guys are getting more comfortable and, and contractors are getting more comfortable selling it, I see them now going down to 12 and even 14 gauge wire to where now voltage drop is becoming a real issue because now the capacity on that wire is, has, you know, gone down with with the with the size of, of that wire and we're going right back to it and to your comment a watt still a watt a volt still a volt an amp still an amp that we're right back in in the halogen days of trying to calculate and figure out voltage the, drop the one thing that i would say about that and i talk about it in class is that if you think about most distributorship the most commonly used wire for low voltage lighting is 12 gauge wire so your large distributors are going to buy truckloads of that wire as soon as you go to a thicker gauge, heavier gauge, or a smaller gauge, they're going to special order that wire. So you are not going to get the same great deals. It just doesn't make sense economically. Well, and Tom, I've sat through, I don't know, probably 150 of your of your classes and, and been taught by you on a lot of stuff. And, and the one thing that you do a really good job of and, and talking about is, is the wire is the probably the least expensive part of any system and it's also the most important part of, of any system if you don't have a good wire you don't have a good infrastructure then it, i don't care if you've got an 80 dollars fixture or an 800 dollars fixture it's just not going to work but that seems to be where everybody newer contractors i didn't say everybody but where a lot of people want to skimp they want to either a go buy cheap wire go buy small wire and tax the heck out of it or even worse can i reuse the wire that's already in the ground that's correct it, it, and it is going to be the giant Achilles heel. It's going to be the problem that's going to raise its ugly head when you least expect it. And I've always said that in class. My time's not cheap. My product is not cheap. The cheapest thing on the job is wire. So do not get yourself caught in that trap. If I need to make two home runs, I'm probably going to split my lights up and do three home runs. Just because also I want to think in the future. Typically what happens when you install a great lighting job, you might tell someone they need 50 fixtures, that homeowner thinks you're crazy. After the job is done, they want to add 10 more. It well, happens all the, the time. The joke I always always tell all my contractors is many systems that I've been involved with, whether it was design or install, um, you know, never once has anyone ever said to me, you know what, Brian, there's just too many fixtures. Can you take those two off. <laughs> never. But, never, right? Never. But how many times have you been on a job where someone said, hey, looks looks great. Can we add two more fixtures over there? Can well, we light, add another one over lighting there? Lighting is very visual, and that's another reason why we even talk about demos, because it's really hard to explain to a homeowner why I need two lights side by side. One may be focusing on the ground as a path light. One may be shining straight up as an up light. It's two different lighting sources, and so they don't really grasp why we use so many fixtures but once they see it 
they start understanding. So let's get back to to Daisy Chain, and and it's it's the the one that is, uh, I mean, it's most widely used. I mean, it's been for fifty years. Everyone's been been Daisy Chaining. Um, why do you think contractors still gravitate back to it? Why is it still the most kind of widely used when when you and I could sit here and talk for the next 20 minutes of why it's the worst way to, to install a system? Well, I don't want to sound rude, but I think it's really uneducation. It's just not having the knowledge. It's the easiest thing to do. But a lot of times the easiest thing to do is what's going to get you in trouble. And uh, sometimes, you know, somebody doesn't really understand what the T method means or the loop method means or the hub method. But everyone's seeing these cheap lighting kits where they just hook a bunch of lights up. I mean, even our DIY channels, uh, I get so angry at watching those things because they don't help people. They show all the wrong ways to do something. (laughs) And uh, it drives me crazy. Right. (laughs) Right. So the, the biggest thing that I tell people now and, and you know, to, to help fight, because like you said, we do we do hear a lot of people talking about that. Oh, it's LED. We can do whatever we want. The biggest thing for me when I talk to people about daisy chain is that um, it, it's the worst in the fact that it, it it's the most number of connections in the ground. Right. right. So if we're plugging in a light into a daisy chain, it's two connections for every, every fixture. So if I've got, you know, 10 lights, that's. 20, 20, 20 connections, connections buried in the ground. And what I tell a lot of people is, is, you know, irrigation or lighting is a lot like irrigation, right? Where does your irrigation system usually fail? It fails at an elbow or it fails at a T, never midway on a, on a main line. No, a pipe PVC doesn't just break. Break, right? So same thing with, with lighting. Where is the system going to fail? It's going to fail where we cut the line and then remake a connection. So if I've got now 20 connections in the ground for only 10 lights, I got 20 places A that could go wrong, B buried in the ground. Now I got to go try and find where that that problem is or where that short is or 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 what what have you and and, and go through. So um I've kind of gone on my horse here a little bit, but but let's 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 move from that. Right? I think we've beaten Daisy Chain to death. What are the other types of, of methods um, that are out there? You mentioned loop. You've mentioned the T uh, the T method. So talk a little about the T method. Let's go from there and make that. Well, uh, the T method is was really a way of trying to balance the voltage slightly, and so a lot of leading manufacturers. Today, so go back. Let's go. Let's go even simpler. Okay. T method is coming out of the transformer. It's coming out of the transformer. So let's imagine we have five lights in a row. One, two, three, four, five. We're going to run a wire from the transformer to the number three light. That would be the center light. And then we would branch to the left okay. to number two light and then to the left to number one light. And we would branch to the right to number four light and to number five so, light. For those of you out there that, that are doing irrigation, no different than a T method in, in an irrigation system. Well, lighting is actually really like irrigation. And I don't want to get away from our wiring method, but if you think about full spray heads, if you have five full spray heads on a three-quarter inch valve, it works great. What happens when you start adding more spray heads? The pressure goes down, the flow goes down. You're lucky if it even pops up. It's the same principles. So they tried to balance the water or the pressure by bringing the source to the center sprinkler head and they're branching. 
and what what we're doing is we're just trying to compensate for voltage drop, right? We're there, we're irrigation working with pressure. We're we're trying to make sure we're we're keeping a constant voltage. So, and one thing we haven't even talked about that I like, I like to always say it's rules. And if you think about this, if you're teaching somebody and you allow them to break the rules, and what I mean by that, if I tell somebody you you can just go to a job and chop and splice wherever you want to then how can you blame someone that's not very experienced and they figure, well, if I can chop and splice five lights, I can chop and splice 50 lights. This is where problems occur. Uh, you know. And then later, they, they don't know what they did wrong. They've always done that. They've always just chopped and spliced. Well, you have to be very calculating on how many lights go on a line, how to wire those lights. So I always teach no more than five lights. With the LED and with using the hub method, you can get into 10, 12 lights on one run. But we're balancing the power to those lights equally. So by, by having said that, then really we're not, we're balancing the load or balancing the voltage on a T method or T system. But we're still not solving the problems of the connections. No, the we're not. If I had five lights on a T, I'd still have 10 connections in the ground. And here's my rule. If I gave... An employee, let's say, a laborer, the permission to cut and splice in five fixtures, well, he gets in a position where he thinks, ah, they need to add six more fixtures. I can just chop and splice six more onto that T. He isn't understanding why this T was created for the balance. Now he's getting into voltage drop and way too many fixtures, mm -hmm. losing control again of balancing that voltage. Then we... we quickly glossed over over the loop but but really the loop system is nothing more than a, than a daisy chain and then we're we're looping the end of that wire right back to the transformer or the first fixture or the first fixture and so essentially what we're doing now is we're trying to you know for lack of a better term we're pushing voltage from both ends of that wire and hoping the, to keep it constant all the way through yes now we've done it you know here at, at our our facilities and we've played with it and we've set some people up to, to do it what happens eight, ten, eight times out of ten when someone tries to do a loop system? Once you do the loop, you have to remember polarity. The, the positive and the negative, or the plus and the minus. You have to remember riding to riding, ribbed to ribbed. And what happens is loop is a nightmare for uh, someone that's coming to a job that didn't install it two, three years later trying to fix it. They don't understand that hidden looped wire is underground and nobody knows it's there. It can be a nightmare trying to get the polarity correct, not be blowing fuses. It's just, just, well, I said it, it's a nightmare. Right. It's a terrible way to do wiring. So as we're getting a little heavy handed here on, on, on these other systems and we're leading up to your favorite and, and I know you hold it near and dear to your heart and really it's, it's the reason me, why I as a landscape architect, you know, gravitated to this system because, you know, what, what I'm getting to folks is, is the hub system. And not only is it um, for me as, as a designer, I can, I, it's a lot easier to, to design the engineering side of the system. Um, I will argue that it's an easier install method, but, but overall that it's the troubleshooting side. So not to take too much away from you, Tom, why don't you uh, uh, talk about the, the hub method and, and, you know, the benefits and, and, you know, if there are any, you know, what the downfalls are of it as well. Well, for you all sitting out there listening, the easiest way I can describe the hub system is if you put your finger 
your right hand over your heart. That's the heart of the system. That's your transformer. And then run out your left arm. That's your home run to the palm of your hand. The palm of your hand is your hub. Your five fingers are the fixtures. So we brought five fixtures to the palm of your hand, which were balancing the voltage now equally to those fixtures. And now we've taken those five fixtures and instead of having 10 connections, if you use our small hub, you're only making two connections. If you use our medium hub, you're using three connections because it has a fuse. But we've now changed from 10 connections buried in the ground that you don't know where they're at to three connections in a little protected hub. The benefit of this is now if I have a 25 light job in the most simplest form of the hub system, I would have five hubs, five runs from the transformer. Now if there's a problem, the problem occurs on only one run. Those other four runs are still functioning. So it makes it to where someone can come to the job at a later date and very quickly know exactly where the problem is. What I mean by that, if I have 25 lights all chopped and spliced all over on a heavier gauge wire, if one of those lights shorts out, all of the lights go out or the fuse blows. You have no clue as to where the problem is. With the hub, you know exactly where the problem is. You can now go to that location. You can troubleshoot. Did the fuse blow in the hub? Well, it, and the nice thing about it too, right, is, is that, you know, we, I think we sometimes dismiss our, our, our products, right? And I'm talking about everyone when we call it low voltage. Well, it's still electricity, right? It might be low voltage electricity, but we're still talking about electricity. So with the hub kind of hub system gives you, as, as you're running through this, is it gives you fuses out in the, in the field. If you're not using fuses on your line, then you're relying on either A, your wire to be the fuse, or B, the transformer to be the fuse. If there's a problem in the field, it's either going to burn up wire or you're going to hope it trips the breaker in the transformer. That's right. Where we start putting fuses out in the hub locations, we're now fusing to the load mm -hmm. and making sure that now we're isolating certain parts of the system that if there is a short. And a short can be caused by anything, right? Shovel sure. hitting wire or, you know. Wild animals. Wild, anything, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, we've got to, you know, be able to protect that in, in the field without having the entire system go out and then going out and trying to figure out why did it go out because if i've got an isolated fuse out in the field then i know generally in that location that's where my problem is if the entire system's out well geez i don't know if i got 50 lights you know i'm going to abandon abandon the whole system so correct and yeah. if you think about it nowadays too with outdoor living spaces i mean sometimes you get into a backyard and uh it would be a nightmare trying to re-pull new home runs because there's concrete, there's pavers, there's things everywhere. So the, well, and even if you're not re-pulling the whole thing, you know, you're 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 creating a cardinal sin in my book. Is now I got to cut and splice and create sure. you know, where I know it ends and terminations and things like that. And the now fuse I'm really starting to Frankenstein and the, the fuse system. protects so, that wire. Yeah, so sure. now if there's a problem. Instead of doing damage, you know there's a problem. It gives you the ability to fix it without doing damage. And one, one last thing. Um, we're we're kind of coming to the end here. Um, but also, too, what's nice about a, a hub, hub system is you have the ability to expand the system 
later down the road sure. um, that if I you know leave capacity in the hubs that mm-hmm. I can always add a light without having to cut wire without having to splice it in and, and it gives me um, that ability to to expand the system I just really want to cover too something that's always been a pushback and that's usually it's a pushback for someone who hasn't used the hub system if I install five lights by another manufacturer and I have to buy I'm talking quality waterproof connectors I'm not talking cheap ones if you buy quality waterproof connections the price you're going to pay for those 10 connectors it's the same price you're going to pay for a hub so it's a wash I I just get that pushback people say oh the yep. hub's a, an added cost it, tr- it truly is not yep and that's what we talked about it comes down to uh, education so that's right um, and that's what it is. Well, Tom, I, I want to thank you again. It's always a, a pleasure you, to, to sit and, and talk with you. And, and thank you for, uh, again, downloading and listening to the podcast. I'm Brian Qualls, and uh, we'll see you soon.